When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos, 6.30 Chad. Well, appreciate you tuning in tonight. It is 7.06. Pittsburgh still leading the New York Islanders 1-0 there, five minutes into the third period. The Panthers taking it to the Canadians, 3-0 for the Cats late in the second period. About eight minutes left in the middle frame. Philly up 3-1 on Detroit. The Capitals and the Hurricanes are tied 1-1 halfway through the third. Minnesota in Ottawa, that game tied 1-1, two and a half left in the second. Late in the first, the Kings up 2-1 on the Stars. Man, L.A. just pounded Chicago last night. The Maple Leafs with a 1-0 lead on the Lightning. That is after two. The Bruins and the Sharks get started a little bit later on. Your scoreboard is courtesy of Crystal Glass. For all your glass needs, you can call 310-GLASS today. All right. Well, it's uh, it's a fun time of year in communities with a senior men's hockey team. And uh, those are the teams that are competing for the Allen Cup. I used to live in one of those communities. That was Lloyd Minster. They had the Lloyd Minster Border Kings, who unfortunately are not operating this year. But it is a uh, great level of hockey. Some really dedicated guys. Some great stories. And sometimes even some former NHLers going after the Allen Cup. One of them is former Oiler Ryan Smith, now with the Stony Plain Eagles. Ryan, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, just just checked some stats here from the Chinook Hockey League playoffs. Three goals, eight assists, 11 points in six games. Not bad, Ryan. It'd be nice if we could round that up to an even two points per game. <laughs> <laughs> I, did, I, I don't even know that, that side of it. I'm just enjoying myself on the ice. Good bunch of teammates. Uh, Lindsay um, uh, LeCelts is uh, the owner, and he's a great man. And I'm just, uh, again, when I get on the ice, I'm just uh, enjoying it and having a lot of fun. What before we talk about the playoffs and and the series, which is a good one so far, what what prompted you to get involved to to begin with? I mean, it would have been easy to say, ah, oh, no, maybe I don't want to do it, but 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 how come you wanted to get out there again? Yeah, it's you know that's a great question, Reed. I was uh, I was approached with my brother last year. Obviously, he he's played in this league. Both my brothers, Kevin and Jared, and actually Kevin is <clears throat> was down. Uh, is down in Innisfail coaching with uh, with uh, Brian Sutter, so he'd asked me to come down there and play there, and that was that was last year. And I was thinking about it and humming and hawing about it, and I still hadn't got over the fact of retiring from the NHL, and it was a hard process. You know, first six eight months was uh, very difficult, but um, so I, I decided to wait and say no to him, and and then I was humming and hawing about it again going down there and thinking about it um but then i was approached by um uh, lindsey the uh the owner um just 
playing hockey. We just connected, and he end, ended up donating some money to the, the charity I was doing this uh, pro hockey day. And um, it just got saying, if you want to come out and skate with the guys, it'd be great. It'd just great to have you around. And that's how it all started. And then uh, I went out to a, a skate, oh, I don't know, a couple months back, and then uh, just enjoyed myself being out there, got into a game, played against Innisfail, my my brother's on the bench. And so it was a little hard feelings there at first, but uh, all in all, I've just uh, um, going out there and playing and uh, um, experienced something that is uh, very unique. <clears throat> Well, it is a it is a great level of hockey, and as you know, I I was in Lloyd seven years, so I covered the Border Kings and a couple of Allen Cups firsthand. It's weird though, Ryan. I mean, the AAA hockey and the Allen Cup have been around a long time, like a yep. century, but there's still a lot of people who don't uh, kind of understand its importance or how good the hockey is. How, how do you describe the caliber of play and and uh, just how competitive it is? Well, when I played the uh, the first game against Innisfail, it was a regular season game, and obviously I mentioned the Vandermeer guys. The intensity is there with those guys for sure, but the speed, the speed is what got me. I was like, wow, this is faster than I expected. And, um, you know, I knew the intensity was going to be there. The speed I got me, but um, the level of talent of the players – um, I guess that surprised me a, a bit too in regards to, you know, there's kids that are 22 years old to obviously up to, to my age. So um, we actually have a, a kid in our team, uh, uh, Williamson. He's, he was a rookie of the year last, last year. I believe it was the East Coast Hockey League, but he decided to take a new avenue in life and got a job. And that's the thing. These guys have jobs. Um, you know, play Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, two out of the three on the weekend, and and they go to work. And they get up in the morning, they, they do their thing. And that I have a tremendous amount of respect for. Uh, so saying all that, I've, I've got a great deal of respect for, for this league. Not only did you mention it's a, a long-time history of it, um, you know, so there's some great players that have come and gone through, uh, through, this, uh, through the Senior Hockey League. Ryan Smith from the Stony Plain Eagles joining us on Inside Sports. I got to ask you about this series because uh, what the one game was four-one Bentley and uh, Stony. You guys won the other game six-two. I know these teams got a long, proud history and and a great rivalry. Often the games are close. I think this series was going to be close, but uh, uh, were were the opening two games as convincing for either team as the two scores suggest? Uh, the the one down in Lacombe, four-one. Uh, uh, they had played last weekend. They ended up their series uh, game seven overtime against Innisfail. So they had played five days, and we had two weeks off. Uh, no, not giving any excuses. They came out hungry, ready. They were pushing the pace. We we did get our legs halfway through the game and uh, competed, but uh, we, we got behind the eight ball too quick, and uh, and they finished it off. Back here for game two. Uh, we were ready. We were intense. We wanted to make sure that we made a statement at home, and it started right from the first period, right on out. And uh, we capitalized on a few chances uh, early in the game, and and it just gave us some momentum. And uh, they kept clawing their way back into it, but 
uh, the time ran out for them. All right, and Ryan, before I let you go, i got to look ahead to something quickly here. Uh, the Oilers and the Jets are going to play a Heritage Classic October 23rd in Winnipeg. Yep. There will be an alumni component. You played in the original Heritage Classic back in November of 2003. Are you planning to, to go to Winnipeg and be an Oilers alumni that weekend? Do we know yet? Uh, you know what? I, I, I have not heard from anybody. Um, obviously, it's uh, an honour to be a part of uh, the Edmonton Oilers organization in the past and uh, being a part of the alumni is uh, special for me so if I do uh, get asked I'm sure that that would be a priority for sure um, you know I bleed Oilers I, I'm a community guy here in the city and uh, so we'll see where it takes us but uh, you know there's some great players uh, ahead of me that's for sure like Gretz, Koff, Mess <laughs> the list goes on so um if they fill up their roster before they get to me, then uh, that's what it will be. Okay, fair enough. All right, so this Friday, uh, it's back in Lacombe for Game 3? Back in Lacombe, Game 3, and, uh, yeah, hopefully get the uh, the upper hand going uh, going into Game 4. All right, well, and if people can uh, check out a game in this series, they will not be disappointed. You can get the full schedule, ChinookHockeyLeague.com. Ryan, thanks so much for your time, man. Enjoy the rest of this series. Reed, thanks for having me on. Enjoy your day. Thank you very much. That is Ryan Smith checking in tonight, Inside Sports on 6.30. Ched, former Edmonton Oiler, great NHL career, and uh, yeah, he talked about it, jumping back onto the rink with the Stony Plain Eagles. Joined them late in the regular season, now in the Chinook League final against Bet Bentley, and uh, the winner of the series goes to the Allen Cup. Sometimes it's the Alberta against the BC winner to go into the tournament, which this year is in Manitoba, but uh, BC didn't uh, have a AAA entrant this year, so it's either going to be Bentley or Stony Plain representing Alberta at the Allen Cup. That is a fun event. I got to cover a couple of Allen Cups in Lloyd. I covered the uh, 2007 Allen Cup in Stony Plain, which Lloyd Minster won, and some great memories from that tournament. And don't forget that 2005 tournament with Theo Fleury and the Horse Lake Thunder. That's something I ain't going to forget, Kellen Kennedy. That was a wild, wild weekend. And still, one of the greatest games I have ever witnessed in person mm. was the semifinal where Thunder Bay shocked Horse Lake 7-5. Yeah. That absolute stunner. And the way the tournament works is it's two three-team pools, mm -hmm. but no one gets eliminated after the round robin. The, right. the first-place teams just get a bye to the semis. Yeah, it's so just So Thunder seeding. Bay yeah. went 0-2. Uh, won the um, won their quarterfinal. Horse Lake got a bye, hmm. and then I, I remember Rob Tichkowski was there. Jim Matheson was there because it was the NHL lockout, oh, so yeah. there was no playoffs going on. It was yeah. the second weekend of April, I think, and like Horse Lake had just pounded the two up. I think they they think they won like nine two and seven two or something like that in their two games. Hmm. So Thunder Bay, you know, squeaks through, and we had a little media trailer set up there. And Rob Tichkowski's out there from the Edmonton Sun, and he goes to me, it's going to be 3 nothing 12 minutes in. Yeah. And it was 3 nothing 12 minutes in. But for the other for team. For Thunder Bay. Yeah. For Thunder Bay. Like, just stunning. And then it, it, it was, they, they held the lead, Horse Lake's fighting back, and it's 6-5. Horse Lake pulls the goal at the end of the game. There was a really good defenseman on the Thunder Bay team. I wish I could remember his name. Gets the puck to the right of his goalie, deep in the corner. Hmm. Shoots it at the empty net. 
Like, if he misses, it's an icing, and it's yeah. the dumbest play ever. Yeah. Right into the middle, and that seals at 7-5. That's it. Goodbye, Horse Lake. And then the surreal news conference after the game with Theo Fleury and Sasha Lakovic. I think I played part of that oh, yeah. last year because we yeah. had Greg Buchanan on the show last was... year for the 10-year anniversary. Yeah. He was my the guy who hired me to work TV on Lloyd, and then he was uh, out of broadcasting, but he was the GM of the Border Kings and basically running that tournament, mm-hmm. one of the guys running that tournament. And, uh, yeah, just this bizarre, angry, you know, defensive uh, news conference, media availability with, with Flurry and, and Lakovic, which is the, one of the oddest experiences I've ever had as a media person. Mm. Sitting there just listening to these guys just spout off and still the famous line. Once again, Theo Fleury saves hockey. Like I'll, not, I'll never forget <laughs> that he said that. And I know, you know, he's been on this show and he's been on this station and he's been through an incredible amount in his mm-hmm. in his life. You know, a lot of it very unpleasant, obviously. But it was just a crazy, crazy moment. Anyway, uh, 780-496-0063. You can also text us at 630-630. Jordan Rowley still ahead from the U of A Golden Bears hockey team. In studio with WBC and WBA World Featherweight Champion Jelena Mergenovich as well. That'll be at 8 o'clock. This is Inside Sports on Ched. This is Oscar Kleftbaum from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to the Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 6:30. Shad. All right, got a uh, text message from Mike who says, "Didn't Gino Ojic play for that Horse Lake team as well? He did." And Mike also saying, "You forgot to mention that uh, people were scalping tickets for 100 to 200 bucks. Yeah, it was a big deal. It was a big deal in Lloydminster. I mean, the Civic Center I think holds about 2,400." or something like that, was just packed for the Lloyd Minster and the Horse Lake games. A little anticlimactic that Horse Lake wasn't in the final. It was a great final. Thunder Bay against Montmagny, Quebec. And uh, Thunder Bay came from behind. They were down 3-1 with 10 minutes left, got the 3-2 goal, tied it with the goalie pulled, and then won it in overtime. Uh, yes, I remember this. I remember details of the 2005 Allen Cup. A, because I think I wa- you know You know what? I didn't watch every game in person. Because there were games at 4.30 in the afternoon, and I did the sportscast from 6 to 7. So I saw the evening games and the weekend games. It was a surreal event, very well organized, and uh, a lot of fun. One of three Allen Cups I got to attend in person. 780-496-0063. You can also text me at 630-630. I am on Twitter, at Reed Wilkins. Got a text here from Alex. Well, I'll read another text first because it's easier to answer. This person says, when are the Oilers playing next? That's easy, tomorrow night. Right here on 6.30 Chet. 6 o'clock face-off show. Game starts against 7.30. They're playing the Blues. Alex says, I have a great story about Ryan Smith. I was refing an Adam game at Millennium in Sherwood Park. Two rinks there, and the Oilers were practicing on the other ice. So before the Oilers practice, the team was walking by the rink our game was on, and Smith stands there for like 10 seconds and watches these kids play. I was standing by one of the team's bench, and every single kid was going nuts. Then we refed another game, and after that game, the Oilers' practice was over, so we were standing in the hall with the Oilers, and Smith asks me and my refing partner who ended up winning those games. I'll never forget that. That is from Alex. That is a good story. Another texture says, Reed, can you tell me when tickets go on sale for the Winter Classic and the Alumni Game in Winnipeg? I, I don't think they have announced that yet, actually. Someone was asking me that the other day as well. 
I don't. They, they haven't set a date yet, have they? No. Nope, people yet. people were also asking me uh, when the draft lottery is. They have not set a date for the draft lottery. Yep. Nothing announced. It was yet. the first Saturday of the playoffs last year, wasn't it? I think so. Second Saturday. Like that, I think it was it? the first Saturday. Yeah. Were you working that night, or was that Matthew? No, that was Matt. That was in. Where we wound up doing an impromptu Oilers win the draft lottery show. Yeah. You, yeah. you know, people. There's still a lot of things like, and I know it came up with the GM uh, ratings, or the GM meetings. Well, is are they should we change the draft lottery? Because the Oilers have had too many number one overall picks. Mm. Well. I don't know. I mean, look, I, I'm an Edmontonian. I'm obviously glad from that perspective that the Oilers got McDavid. Um, but changing the draft lottery, I mean, it might, I mean, like I've said before, it's a bunch of mindless little ping pong balls Yeah. with a mathematical formula applied to them based on the sequence they're drawn to determine who gets the pick. So... Unless you're going to say, unless you're going to have a hard and fast rule saying a team cannot pick first overall two years in a row or more than twice in three years or mm. whatever. I, I mean, look, the Oilers have not picked high because of the draft lottery. They've picked high because they have been bad on and off the ice for a long time. So as long as a team keeps performing that way, they're going to have a chance at a high pick whether there's a draft lottery or not. If there was no draft lottery, the Buffalo Sabres would have had consecutive back-to-back number one picks and would have picked franchise defenseman Aaron Ekblad and franchise center Connor McDavid. And then people would be irate and saying that there should be a draft lottery. So now because the Oilers have four of the last six, there's people are saying that the, there shouldn't be a draft lottery or that it should be changed. So there's going to be an argument either way. I like the lottery better this year that there are they're going to draw three teams instead of one. And if the Oilers happen to get drawn, it's not an indictment of the draft lottery. It's an indictment of the Oilers' performance. And I think people have to separate that. Teams that do bad pick high. It's unfortunate that it's been the Oilers doing bad for a long time, but... I mean, again, the lottery's there to help the teams that do poorly. It doesn't matter why they're doing poorly or how long they've done poorly. Each individual year, the teams that do bad get a high pick. So I, I honestly think the draft lottery is being overanalyzed and people are overly angry about it because they want to be angry at the Oilers winning it. Well, too bad. The I mean, the, the team's been bad, so they get high picks. There's really nothing more to it than that. Jordan Rowley from the U of A Golden Bears when we get back. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. Okay, thanks for tuning in tonight. In a couple of minutes, Jordan Rowley from the U of A Golden Bears hockey team there in Halifax getting ready for Nationals. Jelena Berjenovic. WBC and WBA World Featherweight Champion in studio in half an hour. Megan Mickelson, our Living the Dream feature in the next hour as well. 780-496-0063. We have Dave on the open line. Hello, Dave. Hi, Reed. How are you? Good. Hi. I'm getting sick and tired of hearing about the uh, lotto draft and how it, the Oilers are uh, getting first I'm more worried about the tankers, the Torontos, the Buffalo last year, and Arizona. 
and this year Toronto's almost given up their whole team in order to get uh, Austin Matthews. Uh, and everybody in Toronto's worried about maybe the Oilers might have a chance. Now the Oilers probably wouldn't be in this situation if uh, McDavid wasn't hurt for the 37 games and all the other injuries. But, you know, there's a few guys that have to be changed as well. So uh, I'm more, as I said, concerned about tanking like Toronto is doing. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's part of the reason they've gone from drawing three teams instead of just one, is that now if you finish last, like Toronto will likely do, you could drop all the way down to fourth instead of just second. So, yeah, I mean, and you know, the NBA used to do it, Dave, when they first started doing it, there were seven teams that missed the playoffs. They yeah. just put seven envelopes in a drum, and they drew one. So even if you only missed the playoffs by a game, you had an equal chance as a team that maybe only won 25 games. Yeah. Would you like that better? <laughs> well, it, it it really hurts the team that is bad. Yeah, for sure. You know, and, and uh, a team, well, I think back, if I'm not mistaken, when Crosby was chosen, I think that uh, Pittsburgh was a playoff team the year before. Uh, no, they weren't. They were or pretty. Two years before. They were. Might, they yeah, had, it might have been three or four years before. Yeah, but yeah, they were but, pretty, pretty bad leading into that. Yeah. Yeah, but they they got a pretty good draft in Crosby. Well, that's so. the thing. Like that's what Brian Burke always jokes about, right? When people have said, "Why don't people use the Pittsburgh model?" And he says, "The yeah. Pittsburgh model. They won. They won a lottery when all thirty teams had a chance. They won it." Yeah, and uh, if I can remember right, Crosby uh, had uh, Lemieux and. Uh, uh, Jaeger and uh, Francis and a bunch of other guys there that uh, you know weren't too shoddy. Well, those guys were all, all players. gone by then. Yeah. Well, Lemieux came back. Well, no, that was after Lemieux came back. Yeah. But uh, yeah, Pittsburgh kind of went through a pretty big high and then a uh, pretty big low, and now they've now they've been good again. Dave, I got a guest standing by, so I got to run. But thanks for calling. Okay. Okay. Take care. Right on. That is Dave giving us a buzz tonight. Of course, uh, CIS Hockey Nationals will start in Halifax on Thursday. The U of A Golden Bears ranked number six going in as they chase their third straight title. Their defenseman, Jordan Rowley, joining us tonight. Jordan, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for making time for us because uh, this, 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 is a, this is a business trip, I suppose, because you've taken some schoolwork with you, right? Yeah, yeah, I just finished up an assignment right now, actually. What are you What are you working on? Uh, just an online class with a couple of other guys. Oh, okay. You know, what are you? What's your major been at school here? I'm doing business economics and business law. All right. And are you already finished, or are you finishing this spring? Yeah, I'll be done. Um, basically, this semester is my last semester, so I'll just finish up my last couple classes for the degree. You looking forward to being done that? I am. It'll be be a big relief, I think, actually, once I'm done. We get to look back on it and see what I've accomplished, I guess. What's What do you do to make sure you uh, have time for the hockey and for the schoolwork? What's that experience been like? I think that's one of the major parts of being a student-athlete is learning how to deal with the workload, uh, you know, manage your time properly and staying organized throughout the year, uh, especially in the heavier times in the semester. So even now, you know, we got guys working on assignments here, finishing up what they got to do early in the week, so we're ready for the, the games this weekend. 
Well, that leads into my next question because this this is it. This is the biggest. This is the biggest week of the year. This is the national tournament. So, but but there's there's no luxury of saying okay, this week it's just hockey, eh? Uh, well, maybe for some guys, you know, they might luck out with the schedules, but you know, there's there's certain things you got to get done academically first, and uh, there there is time, you know, to get that done and and focus on what we need to accomplish as well. So, are you the type of guy that will will cram? I mean, do you have the uh, staying up till three in the morning, finishing assignments and studying type guy, or or do you get ahead of the game? I usually get ahead of the game, um, pretty organized, so I can I can get my stuff done early and then relook at it if I need to closer to exam time or assignment time. Um, <laughs> right now, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm getting my stuff done early in the week here, so I don't have to worry about it. Uh, Wednesday night, you know, for a Thursday game, I want to just be focused on what I got to do out there. So Thursday, do you think will be just a hockey day? You won't be doing any schoolwork in the morning. No, I, I will be completely focused on the game. I'm sure most of the, the boys will be doing the same. Now, has it helped to have gone through this Nationals experience before when it comes to balancing the school workload? Yeah, definitely. I I think because we've been here a few times now, it's, every time it gets, uh, you get more comfortable with how to how to manage and you know stress levels and it, it is the big you know biggest stage for CIS for the CIS hockey there so. It's it's a good experience, and I guess working through it a couple times now has allowed me to know what I'm doing and how, how to organize throughout the week. Do players talk to each other and, and give advice on on handling the schoolwork and keeping it going, or do you have uh, you know do you have academic advisors give people an, an idea how you, you keep all that straight? Usually the older guys, you know, we're we're there helping the young guys, giving them advice on what to do, uh, how to manage their time. We, there is academic advising in the school, but not necessarily for student athletes. Um, I know there is some some sources you can use, but I, I have never used them myself. I've usually just relied on my, uh, you know, the vets when I was younger, and now I do the same for the young guys. Jordan Rowley joining us on Inside Sports, two-time Canada West Defenseman of the Year with the Golden Bears at Nationals in Halifax. All right, switching to the hockey talk. Um, first of all, well, sort of an in-between type question. What's the time change like, first of all, for you guys? Are you used to it already? Yeah, it was good, actually. Joel Jackson, our trainer, you know, he laid out what we needed to do going into you know, leaving on Monday morning there, you know, with adjusting sleep schedules, um, you know, nutrition and dealing with that stuff. So I already feel great. I, I know it's supposed to be one hour per day to get used to a time change, but, you know, I guess we'll we'll see. I think we've put ourselves in a good situation so far. All right, and you're going to play St. FX on uh, Thursday. Do you know anything about them? I mean, often you don't see the Atlantic team's I mean, there might be a rare exhibition game. Those are those are pretty rare. Usually, you don't see these teams until nationals. So, what do you know about St. FX? You know, I don't know much. Uh, we played them last year, the first game, and I I think they'll be good competition. Um, you know, any details? No, I, I'm not really sure. But you know, obviously, they're here for a reason. So they're they're going to be good competition here on Thursday. Um, this this is a really special chance for you guys. I mean, you've already done something special by winning back-to-back titles. 
do you look at it as you're going for three in a row, or are you just trying to win in 2016 and, and the past doesn't really matter? Yeah, I mean, what's happened has happened, right? You know, it, this is a new, cha- new chance, new opportunity for for the guys, especially the young guys coming in. You know, this is their first time being at the you know big show, and it's a special opportunity for them, but no less for the old guys that want to get another another title on the belts. So it's just the people like me that bring that up and try to make a big deal about it, right? <laughs> Yeah, it's just uh, fire, you know, <laughs> more fire and more uh, info you guys can talk about. You guys can talk about it however you want. Have Have you enjoyed the change to the single elimination format? Because you've obviously played under both when they had the two pools of three and now where it's eight-team, quarterfinal, semi, and final. Yeah, I actually, I mean, there's pros and cons to both, but I would rather lose when I lose rather than being eliminated because of a point differential, so I'm in favor of the new system. All right. Is it different for for you guys going in as the number six seed and maybe having other teams being talked about as the favorite? Yeah, it's it's a little different, but again, like we don't we don't think about it too much. It's we got to do what we got to do. Um, all all that matters is Thursday night and going back to the the single elimination thing. So. That, that's all we is on our minds right now. It's not really about what seed we are. We know who we're playing. We played them last year. We were first seeds. So, yeah, it's it's not a big deal to us. This is your fifth and final year as uh, as a Golden Bear. So you're you're hoping to close it out with three more wins. Have Have you thought about this being the final weekend in that uniform? Uh, it's crossed my mind, but you know, there's only you can only control what you can control. So. Finishing last this last weekend here is gonna you know mean a lot to me. I'm sure once I'm done my last game, it's gonna hit me a little bit harder than it has already. But um, yeah, I guess we just gotta take it one game at a time here and have a good, good final week. Jordan, what has it meant to you to be a Golden Bear? <laughs> that's a that's a big question. Um, I guess it's I've taken a lot of pride in it. Um, just because you know it's such a prestigious program, the alumni are so amazing. You know everything that they've done as well, and showing us the way and helped us out through one of you know the, well, the best experience in my life. And one of the last five years has been um, spectacular. You know, and everything that's happened, uh, you know, I can't even express. It's kind of hard to think about right now. I guess, um, yeah. It's, it's been a great experience. Yeah. Well, hopefully you have one more great experience this weekend. It all starts on Thursday, and, of course, we'll be keeping an eye on it. Jordan, thanks for taking the time to uh, to join us. Hope the schoolwork's all put to bed and enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot. That is Jordan Rowley from the U of A Golden Bears working hard on and off the ice. So on Thursday, Saskatchewan ranked number two will play Carleton, 1 o'clock Edmonton time. The Bears game will be at 5 o'clock Mountain Time. The Bears rank number 6. They play number 3, St. FX. The Friday matchups, number 5, UNB, number 4, Western, number 8, St. Mary's, number 1, UQTR, semifinals Saturday, and the finals on Sunday. The final, by the way, will be on 
uh, Sportsnet 360, as will both semifinal games on Saturday. The CIS website will have the other one. So, Kellen, I don't know if you're working Thursday, but we'll be hooking up the old laptop to the monitor in here mm. and uh, watching the Bears hockey game. Well, I will be anyway. You'll have to send me a screenshot. I think Maddie's got that game on Thursday. But, uh, yeah, send me a, a text and a screenshot and let me see your setup, what you get it done. It must be pretty impressive. But, yeah, I'll be sitting at home, though, and probably flipping recall between the two uh, – uh, well, no, we just be them playing because what Friday's the next Oilers game after that. Yeah, so I'll uh, be watching that uh, entirely. I would think. Can also tell you that the uh, U of A Pandas basketball team at Nationals at UNB they are also ranked number six. They will play the St. Mary's Huskies. That'll be in a quarterfinal on Thursday. All the best to uh, Scott Edwards and the Pandas basketball team. 7.46. Speaking of basketball, the NCAA tournament, it's actually already underway. One of the first four games is already in the books. I've filled out a couple brackets to enter pools. Yes, everybody, I'm throwing my money away. We'll help you do the same with some expert predictions when we get back. This is Matt Hendricks from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chet. The Penguins have just beaten the Islanders 2-1 in a shootout. Philly leading Detroit 4-2 in the third. The Maple Leafs up 2-1 on the Lightning in the third. Panthers up 3-1 on the Habs with 11 minutes left. L.A. rolling again, 4-1 over the Stars in the second period. Wild lead the Senators 2-1 with 8 minutes left. The Bruins and the Sharks coming up later on. And the Capitals become the first team to clinch a playoff spot. They beat the Hurricanes 2-1 in overtime. The Edmonton Oil Kings on the road tonight playing the Kootenai Ice. No score. Second period just about to get started. The NCAA tournament has begun Florida Gulf Coast hammering Farley Dickinson, 96-65. One of those play-in games, uh, Wichita State and Vanderbilt playing in the other one. To take a closer look at the tournament, a fascinating man. He uh, runs predictionmachine.com, Paul Basir. Paul, welcome back to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. How are you doing? I'm doing awesome. It's good to talk to you again. I know in the past uh, we talked a little hockey. We talked a little Super Bowl. Uh, I, I don't know if there's anything that lends itself better to what you do than, uh, than the, NCAA, uh, the NCAA tournament. A little bit about you first, though. What, what sure, is yeah, your... no problem. And, and, and totally agree with what you said, actually. When it comes to simulation, which is what we do at PredictionMachine.com, play out uh, every single game 50,000 times, a single elimination bracket is even better for that than just an individual game because when we do that, which just takes about a second total to do the entire tournament 50,000 times, we'll play through the bracket once, track where everybody ended up, and then do that 49,999 more times, which ends up being... 3.3 million games played that we do just after the selection committee announces what the bracket's going to look like. And fortunately, we've been very successful with it. This is my 13th year doing this professionally. And beyond just doing this with the site, I'm also a professor of a class called Bracketology, just based around the NCAA tournament at the University of Cincinnati here in Ohio. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, so if I were to take, I assume it's a, th- a three, four-month course, course. If I were to t- sign up for Bracketology, what am I going to learn? Yeah, 
Uh, well, so it's, it's a class that's taken over the, exactly, over the spring semester, which uh, over February, March, and April, that ends up being worth two credits, and most of the people in it are either PhD, doctoral students, or outside of their undergrad, and you learn about, first, the business of it, because this is where the NCAA ends up generating 85% of its revenue for the year, so it's critical there, but also how to evaluate teams in two different ways. One is who's the most deserving, what resumes look the best uh, in terms of just what they do in wins and losses, and that's what the selection committee does then when it actually picks what the field's going to do, as it did last Sunday. And then you learn how to figure out who's going to win the games themselves once those matchups are ultimately done, because there is a pretty clear distinction between who's most deserving, who gets what seed, and who gets in the tournament, and who the best teams are, because sometimes teams just get unlucky or they have injuries or other things along those lines that don't give them the best resume, but do mean that they should be the teams that end up winning. Those are the kinds of things that we cover, and obviously those are directly applicable to this conversation as well. Okay, so what is your master's degree in, Paul? I got it. it's, it's in quantitative analysis, okay, which is so. not what it's called anymore, but it's a nerdy way to say stats. Business analytics is now what the term is in the, same, in the school or university of Cincinnati. Okay, so you took that and, and, and ran with it with a, with yep. a big sports folks and focus and predictionmachine.com. If people remember your first appearance last year, you got that Oilers-Sabres score right <laughs> the night before the game, which is I still bring that up, that, that you got that. Um Look, I, I know you, you. People can go check out the website. We always have people sure. go have fun there after we have you on the show. Give me a couple pointers here for the tournament if if people are filling out their their brackets still uh, in time for the for the big set of games on Thursday. Sure. Yeah, no problem. So the most important part to keep in mind is get the end right. In any kind of pool, usually the person who's winning after Thursday or Friday is not the person who wins at the end because that person who's winning Thursday and Friday if I forced in too many upsets, took too many chances, and doesn't have the teams they need at the end. So the teams that you'll need at the end this year for sure are Michigan State over Kansas. That's our most likely championship. So Michigan State, a two-seed over Kansas from the Midwest and South, and North Carolina. Those are clearly the three best teams in the country. Make sure to put them into your Final Four possible. Otherwise, you can get a little bit creative, and the games in which we actually have the worst-seeded team winning outright are UConn, Cincinnati, and Butler. It's UConn, Cincinnati, and Butler as nine seeds, and VCU and Syracuse as the double-digit seed. So just move those teams over, if you will, and a couple other areas where you could find some upsets by seed would, would, would be on the 11-6 to six line, that matchup, Gonzaga over Seton Hall, and then watch the game involving Arizona, the sixth seed, as the teams on the 11 seed line for that region are both better than Arizona. So some potential upsets by seed to keep in mind, but don't get rid of Michigan State, Kansas, or North Carolina, the best teams in the nation. Okay, quickly, I've seen a lot of people picking Michigan State. Why didn't they get a one seed? Uh, because the, it seems as though the committee largely ignored what happened on Sunday, which included uh, the fact that uh, Michigan State won over Purdue in the Big Ten championship game. But beyond that, by putting them at the two, they do get regional preference, meaning that they get to stay within the Midwest region and potentially, and will likely, if they get to the Final Four as we expect them to, may uh, get to play in Chicago. Or they get to play in Chicago in order for the chance to play in the Final Four. So uh, Michigan State gets some regional preference as kind of a consolation for the fact that they didn't end up with a one seed. They're clearly, to me, one of the top three best teams in the country. And actually right now in our power rankings and in our numbers, Michigan State, the best team in the nation, uh, had some injuries early on in the year. But now that everybody's healthy, it looks very good. Okay. Paul, thanks for this. It's always fun to have you on. We'll have to do this again for the, for the NHL playoffs, man. This is great stuff. Sounds great. Appreciate it. Thanks, man. It is always fun to have Paul on the show. So there you have it, Michigan State. 
I've picked them. So maybe you shouldn't pick them because my predictions, I get about one every two years I nail. Other than that, no good at all. All right, we're coming up to the 8 o'clock news. Very special guest waiting in studio, WBC and WBA featherweight champion. Just one on Friday, Jelena Mergenovic in studio to talk about a, uh, a spirited bout, to say the least. This is Inside Sports on 630 Jets.